We are going to take a pause from our series, No Filter, this week, and I'm just going to stir your hearts about seeking the Lord. Can I do that? Will you let me? All right, I'm going to, I'm going to go there. Matthew 5 and verse 6 says this, blessed, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. That word filled means to be overflowing. He actually says, blessed are you when you're hungry. I want to talk to you for the next few minutes about the blessing of hunger. How many of you guys love to be hungry? Like physically. How many of you are, you operate at your highest capacity when you're hungry? Like no one raises their hand right now. Because Hunger does something inside of us, doesn't it? It turns you into a different person. I mean, you know, it, 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 can, it can change who you are, literally. Uh, my, my wife got Maria, Jesse's wife, a shirt recently that on the front it just says hangry. <laughs> and on the back it gives the definition, the state of being angry due to a lack of food. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Uh, husbands, you better get your hand down right now. Hunger does something to us. It, it, it stirs in us. And I'm here to tell you that even as it relates to physical hunger, hunger is a blessing from God. Why? Because hunger actually stirs you to desire what your body needs to sustain itself. So if you never hungered, you would probably what? You'd be dead. We need hunger. We need to, to hunger. Look at Psalm 63.1 as the rain comes down on us. I can hear it. Thank you, Lord, for the rain. But just let up on it when service is out. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Psalm 63.1 says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I, come on, say it, seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Oh, God, you are my God, and early will I seek you. Hebrews eleven six, And without faith, you don't have to turn there, it's behind me. And without faith, it's impossible to please God, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. You're telling me today that there is a blessing or a reward for those who will set themselves to seek the Lord? Absolutely. Absolutely. There are things, there are benefits in your life that you will miss out on if you are complacent in your desire to pursue God. And when I'm saying pursue God, I mean pursuing God just for God, not so he can bless you with something. Although he will bless you, we're going to talk about that. But, but the main thing we get when we seek God is God. And, there's a, and there's, a, there's a reward. He is a rewarder of those who will seek him. Would you pray with me just for a moment? Father, would you just stir our hearts right now? 
And Lord, if there's complacency even in my heart, Lord God, if we've been too busy or if we've just had life going on and we've neglected to seek you, God, would you fan the flame in us today? I don't want anybody walking out of here that, that with a cold heart, but, but, but fan the flame into a blaze of fire that we can seek you every single day of our lives. And as we seek you, we know we will find you. I pray that you would receive all honor in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you know losing your hunger physically is a problem? If you have ever had a baby, one of the first things that they want to make sure is happening in that child is what? There is a desire for food. There is a, there is a hunger. And what they would say if there's not is immediately they would know that there's a problem. So a lack of hunger reveals a problem. If you're an adult, how many of you ever been too busy and you just forgot to eat? Y'all never been busy before? You ever like just, just so busy, you're like, I didn't even have lunch today. I just, just went right through it, didn't even realize it. Just so busy. Well, busyness can be a bad thing if it overrides the hunger that your body is trying to tell you, I need nutrients. So busyness is really the symptom. And so what about, what about like, you know, you're too, anybody ever been so stressed out? You've been so stressed out that your appetite is gone. And so what do we know? We know that when we lose our hunger, it is a sign to us that something's wrong. And I want to say that to us today. If we lose our spiritual hunger, it is a sign that something needs to change. Amen? Hunger leads to pursuit, or hunger leads to seeking. When I was, uh, I joined, I got saved in the Coast Guard and boot camp, and I remember, you know, just, just kind of a radical salvation. I was excited, I was fired up, and I remember the first time that I realized that I could pursue God and experience the presence of God outside of church. And I don't know why, I just, was, I just grew up thinking that, like, well, you, you worship God and you meet God at church. And when you leave church, you do you. And so I remember the first time being in this guard shack. I was, I was the new kid, you know, in New Orleans, my, you know, the shaved head. I looked like I was 12 and I'm, you know, trying to be the guard at the gate. You know what I'm saying? And, and I was 130 pounds and just this little kid. I mean, and, but I was really 20, but I looked 12. And so, but I just remember being in, the, in this guard shack, and the presence of the Lord showed up one day. And, and I would have an eight-hour uh, shift in that guard shack. And I remember the first time, the presence of the Lord filled that guard shack. And I began to weep, and I began to worship. And I'm, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm encountering the Lord in a guard. Like, I'm, I'm on duty right now. Like, is this even, I didn't even know you could do that. And it really shifted something in me. And I remember the next time I brought my Bible to the guard shack, and I'm like reading, and I'm like meeting with the Lord, and I'm pre- and it was just like, like oh, I, I did not know that you could meet with the Lord and, and actually tangibly feel his presence outside of an altar. I know it sounds weird, but most people think that way. And it changed me. And then I realized, wait a minute. I've got a 30-minute drive to work. I, I was living in New Orleans. I would drive across Lake Pontchartrain. And in 30 minutes, I realized, wait a minute. So I met the Lord in that guard shack. I bet I could meet him on my way to work. 
I don't have to wait for church. I don't have to wait for Sunday. So I began to get some CDs. We don't even use those anymore. But, but like Vineyard Worship and like Jason Upton and these oldies, man. I mean, just like some old, some old goodies, right? And, I, and I'm just putting, I'm just like, I'll just see what happens. And all of a sudden, I find myself driving to work like, <laughs> like, Lord, I love you. I'm just like seeking the Lord, seeking the Lord in my car. Then I found out, wait a minute, I have an hour break. It only takes me 30 minutes to eat. What am I going to do for the other 30 minutes? So I would get my Bible out, and I would begin to seek the Lord. I would begin to seek after the Lord, and I realized that, that, that something was stirring on the inside of me. And I had family, and I had friends, because listen, I got saved from, from just drastic craziness. And so I had friends who would say, you know, yeah, that, that, you're real hyped up right now, aren't you? You're hyped up about the Lord. That's great. It's cool. You're going to settle down. As you get older, you're going to settle down. How many of you know that was 17 years ago? And I don't think I've settled down one bit. I'm more, I'm more on fire for Jesus right now than I ever was. And it's because I learned the blessing of hunger and seeking after the Lord. There's a blessing in seeking the Lord. I want to share, you know, uh, just kind of my heart uh, for this church. It's kind of you know, really what I felt led to share is not what I had to share today. I was going to continue in our series, but I really want you to understand kind of what I would love to see in this church. What my fear is that you would come to church and, and be so catered to that you feel like and you, you think that you can sustain your spiritual life uh, by what you gain when you come to Generation Church. Because see, if you only ate food on Sunday mornings, your body would be malnourished. But many times we think that if I can just get to church, if I can just hear the word that Pastor Stephen has to bring today, then it'll be enough for me. Maybe it'll, I'll make it through the week. And I'm here to tell you, this is not the design that God has for us. Now, we love to make it easy for you to encounter the Lord. And, and I just don't want, you see, we like when people do things for us, but I don't want you to get the idea that I can do your seeking for you. See, you come to church and you're getting the blessing of my seeking. And it should encourage you because it's the word of God, but it should encourage you to go and seek yourself. And, and see, we, we, but, but we do love when, when, when the table is set for us, don't we? I mean, and everything is just right. And, you know, it's like your favorite restaurant or, 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 you know, like for us, we love Studio Movie Grill because it was just like, oh, my goodness, you're telling me that I can watch a movie in a leather recliner and push a button and they're going to come and serve me whatever I want? I'm in. I'm in. Don't get any ideas. We are not putting any buttons on the chairs of these seats. Tomato, excuse me, sir, that song was a little loud. Could you tone it down a little bit? Sermon went a little long today. P push my button. <laughs> Let me just say this to you guys. Um, you will not stumble upon a powerful relationship with God. Can you guys tune in even with the rain and hear and, and let the Lord speak? You will not stumble upon a powerful relationship with God. You won't wake up one day and just be like, whoa, 
whew, feel the power and the, pre- I mean, I am more, I mean, no, it takes a seeking. It takes a setting of your focus to pursue the Lord. You wake up and you naturally, you've got to make yourself think about things that are above. Paul says, set your mind on things that are above. If you just let things happen, you're not going to be seeking the Lord. And you're not going to be walking in the power that he's called you to. And so today, I simply want to stir your heart to seek him. Uh, There will be, A.W. Tozier said this, there will be no manifestation of God apart from earnest seeking. There will be no manifestation of God. Have you ever been in churches or places where, you know, there was talking about God and there was singing about God, but there was no manifestation of God? I want you to know something. This worship team and, 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 and our staff and myself, we put a priority on, on the presence of the Lord. So what you don't know is many times in our staff meetings, we're beginning with worship and prophetic times where we're speaking over each other and we're encouraging each other and we're stirring up faith in the room because we believe that it starts with us. It starts with us because we value the presence of God. Psalm 9 and verse 10. Let's look at some scriptures. My goodness, it is raining. Psalm 9 and verse 10 says this, And those who know your name put their trust in you, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who what? You have not forsaken those who seek you. Psalm 27, 8, it'll be behind me. It says, You have said, seek my face. Who has said? God has said, seek my face. And my heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek? Let's look at another one. Psalm 34 in verse 10 says this, the young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Let me ask you today, Generation Church, are you seeking the Lord? Are you seeking the presence of the Lord? My fear is that churches today are losing their edge and we're doing everything for you and you're not pursuing God. You're not pursuing God when you go home. You're not pursuing God with your family. You're not praying with your wife or your husband. You're not declaring things inside of your home. Listen, this is who God's called us to be to know who we are, and it's going to take you determining in yourself, I'm going to seek God today. And you know what you got to do the next day when you wake up? Determine it again. You see, I I got up yesterday and spent time with the Lord, but I had to make myself. I had to, I I was like, nope, get up. And that alarm went off. You know what I wanted to do? I wanted to hit snooze. You know what I did? Made myself get up. But you know what I had to do this morning again? I had to do the same thing because you know what I wanted to do to my alarm? I wanted to snooze again. So what I'm trying to tell you is, is that there will be things that come against you, but you've got to determine. Hear me, church. If we get a group of people who are pursuing the Lord, we can change this city. I'm, 
I want you just to imagine with me. What would happen if everyone in this room had spent the last week seeking God and walked in this church full, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Lord, ready to be a light? You know how that would change things here? Instead of everybody just wanting to be fed from me. I want you to know this is not about me. I have not been called to fill your tank. Did you know that? I've been called to point you to the one who can fill your tank. I've been called to stir your heart. Just to be a proclaimer, somebody who can stand in your corner and say, there's treasures, there's hidden treasures in his presence. Seek him tomorrow morning. Get up and spend time with the Lord. Seek his face. You're going to find him. And oh, he's better than anything this world has to offer. Second Chronicles chapter 26. I want to briefly tell a story of King Uzziah and his reign as king, as one of the most successful kings of Israel. And he, he started out well, but he ended badly. And I want to look at his story. I want us to, to pick this story up uh, in verse 3. Uzziah was 16 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord according uh, to his, what his father had done. Look at verse 5. He set himself to seek God in the days of Zechariah who instructed him in the fear of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Verse 7 says that God helped him against the Philistines. And verse 8 says that his fame spread even to the border of Egypt, for he became very strong. And in verse 15, we see that uh, God gave him wisdom and, and an innovative wisdom. He made engines and invented by skillful men to be on the towers and corners and shoot arrows and great stones and his fame spread very far. Here was a man, a king who was very blessed, and, and it was only because as he pursued God, as he, as he would set himself to seek God, favor would come on his life. And that's the first thing that comes to our life when we live a life of seeking him is his favor. Have you ever met somebody who just, who just had favor, like almost like irritatingly, like the amount of favor that they carried? Like, just things just happen that you're just like, wait a minute, that's not even supposed to happen. Like, like you know, you came in like 37th in, in the race. How did you get the prize? Like, what is happening right now? And people just just, ha just walk in favor. I've got two friends who, who just carry, like, just, just, I just get irritated with the amount of favor they get. One of them, my friends, Chris, Chris Donald, he watches sometimes, lives in Dallas, and and recently I was in Dallas with him. I'm going to share a story of just of my irritation and you can just go there with me. But but so so we we you know 
got up one morning and going to a service, an 8 o'clock service, and this, this college is, is connected to a K-12 through school. And Chris was, uh, the vehicle that he was in, he was borrowing from somebody who was a part of that ministry. And he's got kids, and he just didn't have, you know, what he needed to get his own. But somebody said, hey, I got this vehicle you can borrow. Well, they called him that day and said, uh, I need to get my car back from you. And so instead of freaking out, because then he wouldn't have a vehicle to drive his family anywhere, we literally, this, this, I'm not making this, I was there. He gets off the phone with that guy. We park at the ministry, and he says, Lord, I'm going to need a car today. Uh, a Suburban would be nice, because you know I have a big family, and that would be a blessing. And he was not joking. And I'm like, dang, you, just, like, you even asked for a Suburban. And then he got out of the car, and we were walking. And as we were walking, because the, 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 the school, people were dropping their kids off, right there was like a new Suburban, and we walked by the Suburban, and I even heard him out loud say, and Lord won just like that one. <laughs> and I'm like, he's serious. So we go about our day, and we go to the service, and there is, a, there is a two gentlemen who Chris knew who were visiting that day who wanted to go to lunch with us. And they, we, we were talking in the, in the lobby of the, of the church there, and they said, can we ride with you to lunch? And he said, well, actually, uh, I'm going to have to get a ride because I'm not going to have a vehicle right now, but it's okay because we can, you know, you, know, you guys have, well, just meet you there. Okay, cool. And we left, and we got a ride, and we went to, to eat lunch. We sit down sit down in the booth, and these two men sit in front of us. And the man says, Chris, I want you to know that on my way over here, the Lord, this guy, we didn't even know this, this guy owned six car dealerships. He said, on my way over here, the Lord told, you, told me to give you a 2017 Suburban that I have sitting on one of my lots. And I... And I was like, I stood, I was like, time out a minute, what? <laughs> and Chrissy, I would have been like, what? I would have been like freaking out and be like, yes. I would have been, and Chris was like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> like he just was expecting it. I'm like, this doesn't happen, Chris. What are we doing now? I mean, it just, things like that happened to him. Just favor. My friend Jervis, the same things. Things just happen. People just give him stuff. And it's just the favor of the Lord is on his life. But listen, those two men are the two men in my life that seek the Lord the most. I don't know anyone else that spends more time in the presence of the Lord. And they don't seek him so that they'll get blessed with stuff. Because those same two guys are the biggest givers I know. So there's this thing that begins to happen. You begin to seek the face of the Lord. His favor falls on you. You begin to be a blessing because you're spending time with the Lord and you know it's going to come back to you. Do you see how this works? Favor comes to those who seek the Lord. Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added. Seek first the kingdom, and everything else you need, God's going to take care of it. Seek first the kingdom and the presence of the Lord, and you won't have to worry about one more thing in your life. Is that not a crazy truth? 
What are you stressed about today? Are you seeking the Lord? Are you seeking the Lord? You, favor comes to those who seek the Lord. And the second thing we see is authority comes to those who seek the Lord. Look at verse six, it says, and he went out and made war against the Philistines. And he was very successful. Look at verse number seven. God helped him with the Philistines and against the Arabians. See, see Uzziah, if, when you study him, he was not afraid of his enemies because he knew the Lord was with him. Did you know that there is a spiritual authority that comes to those who constantly seek him? I talk to people who sometimes will say things to me like, you know, I just, I don't know what to do. I don't have peace in my home. It feels like the things are crazy. I, I, I even feel like there's some, some demonic things maybe happening in my home. It just, I, I, I don't know what to do. And, and I'm there to help and I'm there to go pray. But many times inside I'm burdened because I want to say, but you have spiritual authority over your home. So I'm going to go with you. But you declare peace into your home as the priest of your home. And you gain that confidence in the Lord the more you spend time with him. It prepares you for the problems of the day. I remember a few years back, right before my wife and I stepped into leadership here. And I had a crazy, crazy dream. Anybody ever had crazy dreams where you're just like, whoa. And in this dream, I was walking on, on, on a dirt road in a city, and I had friends around me. And as I'm walking in the city, all of the sudden, nose to nose appeared a demonic face that had just morphed. In, like, I was nose to nose to this thing. And my first instinct was, was fear and to, and to panic, but then something rose up in me, and I began to shout in the spirit at that thing, and immediately it left. And I turned around to the people around me, and I said, did you guys see that? And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And it happened again. I took a few more steps, and all of a sudden, boom, a demonic face, nose to nose. And I began, I shouted in the spirit at it. And it went away. That happened a third time. And the third time, as I was shouting out in the spirit, I woke myself up from my sleep, shouting in the, in the spirit. And I was, I was shaking when I woke up, sweating. And I said, Lord, what are you speaking to me right now? And he said, Stephen, the call that I have on your life is going to require that you know the authority that you carry. It's going to require that you know the authority that you carry. We cannot cower. We cannot back down. We need to know that we carry the very presence of Jesus inside of us. If we could get a hold of that, you'd be declaring things a lot more. When things are a little rocky in your home, you'd be waking up early and you'd just be saying, I declare right now the presence of Jesus, the peace of the Lord in my home. When people come against you, you don't have to lash out for insecurity and fear. You just know you've got Jesus with you. Listen, you may give me a paycheck, but ultimately Jesus pays my paycheck. So you don't control me and therefore I can love you. <laughs> Do you see this? I'm free now. I'm free from you, which frees me to love you. I'm free from insecurity. I'm free from, from offense now because I've spent time, so much time with Jesus that since you don't control me now, I'm free to just love you anyway. 
But you see, the more and more we, we just go through life and busyness takes over and, and we're just kind of going through the motions. And let me say this, men, we're really good at this. Like, we just think we can handle it. I got this. I'm going to work hard. If I'm struggling, I push it down and I work harder. Yeah, but you know what? Probably everyone else knows there's a problem but you. What's the antidote? The presence of the Lord. The Bible says, I'm going to go back and read it again. It says in Hebrews 11:6 that he rewards those who seek him. What happens then? What keeps us from seeking the Lord? It's a valid question, isn't it? How many of us started out well and then over time through just busyness and different things are our pursuit has, has slowed down. I want to show you what happened to Uzziah. Look at verse number 15 again. The, the last part of verse 15 says, And his fame spread far, for he was marvel, marvelously helped till he was strong. But when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction. If you continue reading the story of Uzziah, you realize that he was so blessed, he had so much success that he stopped seeking the Lord and pride came in and the favor of the Lord left him and ultimately his pride led him to do some things that, that were completely wrong in the temple and he ended up with leprosy and died. What a miserable end to a great story of somebody who was seeking the Lord. What can we learn from, from Uzziah? Well, here's what we can learn, especially in the American culture. Are you so blessed that you stop seeking the Lord? Is your bank account just good? Are, are you a business owner who's, who's tripled your, your income in the last couple of years, and you've got a big house, and you've got nice things, and, and if we're not careful, that will, that will actually keep us from a desire to seek the Lord. It, it shuts our hunger down because we good. And when we stop seeking the Lord, the favor of the Lord and the pride of man creeps in. The Bible says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. It's my prayer for you today. My prayer for us today is we would see the gift and the value of pursuing him. I mean, there were 50 verses that I could have also used about seeking, about thirsting, about hungering. And I just want to be somebody who can just fan your flame this morning. Fan your flame that you can leave this place a little more hungry than you were, a little more thirsty for his presence, that maybe you can get up and actually spend time with the Lord. I'm telling you, it will radically change your life. I'm telling you. So in closing today, I just want to share with you kind of what that looks like for me, because you may be sitting here and you may be thinking, what does it even mean to seek the Lord? Well, I want to start by saying it's not rocket science. It's not this hidden mystery. It's not like eight steps and you've got to jump over seven hoops and do these specific things and then you can be in his presence. 
looks different for everybody. I want to share with you what it looks like for me. I get up in the morning before my kids get up, okay? My parents with kids, you know what I'm talking about. You want some time without distraction? You better get up before your kids do. Because when my kids get up, it's just... So I get up. And I have a spot where I go sit in my couch and I put on some instrumental worship and I sit there and for the next few moments I'm not praying and I'm not declaring or asking him for anything. I'm sitting there in the quiet of my home just meditating on his goodness and listening for him to speak to me. And so I'll spend a few minutes and sometimes that's difficult because we like to talk. You try it. You try to sit quietly before the Lord and listen takes practice but I'll sit there and I'll feel his whisper and then I'll begin to pray and I'll pray for my family and I'll declare things in my home I'll pray over my wife and I'll I'll declare not just Lord Lord bless my have I told you this before one day I was praying that and the Lord stopped me mid-prayer I said Lord bless my family he said uh -uh. that's not good what what do you even mean by that bless your family. I was like, well, you know, like, just, like, you know, take care of them and, like, be with them. Be with them? I can't be anymore with them. What do you want me to do for your family? And it made me stop, and I started to say, well, okay, and you get specific, and now I'm like, Lord, I pray for my wife. Lord, give her peace today. Give her the confidence to know that she's your daughter that she's got gifts and that she's got influence, Lord. Fill her with your spirit. Fill her with power. See, now I'm specific. And then I go to my kids and I start praying over my kids. Lord, oh, I'll start with Caleb. Lord, I pray that he be a mighty man of God, that he will earnestly seek you, that he will know your presence. Go through my kids and start praying for them. And I pray for you. I pray for this ministry. Pray for this city. Pray for revival. And I've spent now a good bit of time in prayer. Then I shift gears and I get into my Bible. This is not rocket science. I don't do the, you know, let's just da, 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 right here. Okay, no. I've got a Bible reading plan. And so I know every, I don't have to guess where do I read today. No, no, no. I'm, I have a plan. It's telling me. I'm going to read about four chapters today. And I'm, I'm, I'm praying as I'm reading. I'm fellowshipping. I'm just here to tell you by the end of that, I am so full. I feel like I could run through a brick wall. I, feel, I just feel ready for the day. I feel, I, and you know what it's done for me? It's helped prepare me for difficult conversations. It's helped prepare me for attack. It's helped prepare me for sicknesses. It's helped, it, it, it's just, it's filled me with the confidence I need to be who he's called me to be. Are you with me today? That's what I want to do. I just, I want to pray over you right now. Would you just close your eyes? I want you to begin to ask the Lord Ask the Holy Spirit to stir your heart. I, from Scripture, just read seven or eight verses that talk about the benefit of seeking God. And yet, day and day and day after day, we fail to do it. But this morning, I really feel like that God wants to give a grace for some people who are ready for it. See, you may say, well, I can't get up in the morning. I can't do that. I'm too busy. No, you're, you're too busy not to do it. You need to understand that there, if you would begin to ask him, he would give you a grace to seek his face. 
He will give you a grace to do it. Well, I'm not a morning person. Ask him to give you the ability to be a morning person. He is the God of the miraculous. I'm telling you, he's faithful. If the only time you have is in the morning and you can't seem to get out of bed, that's your prayer. Lord, stir my heart. Lord, when that alarm goes off, give me strength. Give me the the strength I need to get out. And I know it's a simple prayer, but pray it. He's faithful. And maybe you don't do it tomorrow, but try the next day. Listen, that we cannot stop this pursuit. And so right now, just begin to pray. Holy Spirit, just fan the flame of every heart in this room. Every heart. For some of you, you need to actually repent for complacency. For just being so busy, you've stopped seeking him. You've stopped seeking him. And you need to repent of that. The word repentance means to change your mind and to to change directions. And this morning, all you're going to do is you're going to change your mind and you're going to set your gaze to seek the Lord. In just a moment, we're going to sing a song of worship. And if the Lord is stirring you to make a commitment to renew yourself, to seek his face, I'm going to ask you to get out of your seat and come down to this altar and let's commit together that we're going to be a people who seeks the face of Jesus. If it's repentance, you're going to come down and say, Lord, forgive me for complacency. Lord, forgive me for not pursuing you the way that I should have been doing. But today I give you my life and I'm asking you to fan the flame of my heart to pursue you, to seek your face. And he's faithful to do it.